the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome my listeners to another edition of Vatican Insider, and I think you're going to find this one pretty interesting. In some ways, it's going to be kind of an off-the-cuff conversation with a very new friend and his wife who are in town in Rome, and how we met was uh, something you might even imagine. First of all, I will mention their names. I'll be talking with Deacon Andy Orozco and and his wife, Roseanne. So welcome to both of you to Vatican Insider. Thank you very much, Joan. It's a pleasure being here with you, and I am very excited. This is off the cuff. And it's going to be a great story. And, And Roseanne, welcome as well. Thank you so much, Joan. Well, here's how we met. Anybody who knows me, follows my work, knows that one of my favorite places to have dinner is La Vittoria, a restaurant near my house. In fact, half of the listeners may at some time or another have have been there and our paths crossed. And that's exactly what happened um, two nights ago. They recognized me. I was sitting waiting for a guest to arrive and recognized me, came over to the table. We had a fascinating conversation. As I went home and reflected on everything they told me, I knew I had to interview Deacon Andy. You see, first of all, they've had several weeks in Europe. They went to World Youth Day in Lisbon, now in Rome. They are are leaving tomorrow morning. But the most interesting thing is Deacon Andy is very active in the San Bernardino Diocese in the Native American ministry. And you're going to hear him tell his story in a minute and find out that it's the only diocese in California that has this special ministry. Now, Andy, the wonderful part about your story, and you're going to tell me that right away, is that you have Spanish roots and you have Native American roots yourself. So tell us that story. Yes, uh, correct, Joan. Uh, I am a Native American. I am Kumeyaay on my grandfather's side, which is basically San Diego, the county of San Diego. And on my grandmother's side, I am Tongva uh, in the Los Angeles County area. Uh, they married e- each other, and, and, uh, uh, that, and that's what we do is we intermarry. Um, and that's on my father's side. Uh, on my uh, mother's side, I am Spanish. Uh, my mom uh, has Spanish heritage, uh, and uh, uh, there's a funny story with that. Uh, when my mom was going out with my father, uh, my aunt uh, went to my mom and said, why are you going out with this Indian? And uh, my mom says, he's not Indian. And she says, yes, he is. You better check. And <laughs> she checked. Uh, she uh, confronted my father and, and uh, she says, are you Indian? And my dad uh, looked at her and uh, uh, he said, does it matter? And my mom just kind of thought for a second and said, well, I guess you're my Indian. Oh. So uh, with that, uh, they were married uh, uh, a lot of years, had a lot of, you know, uh, had had my three brothers. And we grew up not on the reservation because on the reservation, uh, it's a tough life. And my father did not want that for us. Uh, he wanted us to live off the reservation. He wanted us to get our education. Uh, he wanted us to work within the system, have good jobs, uh, so that we can eventually bring back what we have learned to the res. You know, and, that's, and that's what we have done, my, myself and my brothers. 
And um, I read recently, I mean, I read last night, a reflection that you wrote on your on your background. I find it very touching and how you would go often to the reservation to visit relatives and you saw how they lived in many cases and it was very different from how you lived. It was very different uh, in that, as I say before, it is a difficult life on, on the reservation. When we build on our on the plots of land that are assigned to us, you know we build homes of very simple means because we don't own the property itself that is held in trust to us. Well, our, the only equity that that people have is their land to be able to borrow from it to be able to build their houses. Well, that's not the opportunities that we have on the on the reservation. So when we went to go visit our cousins, we can see the, the homes that they lived on. We lived in a track home that was, you know, that were that were pretty nice. They were very nice. Uh, but uh, when we uh, went to the res and visited our cousins, you could see what it was, uh, what it was like, how difficult it was, uh, just because they, you know, they had to build as they, as they uh, were funds to, to, to build. It was a, a life that was oh, challenging also because when we uh, left the res, our cousins would say, oh, you're not, you're not native. You know, you, you left the res, you're, not, you're no longer a part of us. And then living off the res, they'd find out we were native and they would say, oh, oh you're Indian and just kind of shun us. So we were caught in the middle. Wow. Uh, but that was, that's what we lived with. That was fine. It, it, didn't, it didn't bother any of us. Now, did children go to school? Those who lived um, on the reservation, was school on the reservation, or did they go to public schools outside? For the most part, they lived on public. Uh, they went to public schools. Uh, there are some reservations that do have mm-hmm. native schools, uh, more so now than then. But at, during that time, it was public schools. Andy, where are most? Native Americans living today. We're going to talk more in depth about California in a minute, but I'm learning literally as as we speak, listening to you. So are the majority of Native Americans on the two coasts? Um, enlighten all of us on where we can find. There are many, many tribes, many different tribes. Well, there are many tribes throughout the nation, throughout the United States, uh, and they there are tribes in every state. There are. Uh, that is one of the things I like to bring awareness of is that we are still here, we are still prospering, uh, and we are still providing opportunity uh, you know, to, to be able to, to meet us and to bring in awareness uh, that we are still here. So yes, uh, we are throughout the United States. Knights of Columbus has a wonderful uh, video yes. called uh, Enduring Faith uh, that speaks about the tribes throughout the United States that uh, uh, that it, it's Catholic based, but it uh, it describes you know the uh, the tribes throughout the United States. Well, after our conversation, I became aware of the of the Knights of Columbus movie. So, what I want to do, actually, having gone on the internet to look at the uh, at your background and also the story of the Knights of Columbus movie, here's what the website said when that document came out. And this is so, this will be so interesting for my listeners. It's impossible to fully understand what it means to be a Catholic in North America without a, a sincere appreciation for the Catholic tradition among so many Native tribes. And again, that's the KFC website. Few people realize that indigenous communities throughout the continent were sincerely practicing their faith centuries before the founding of the United States. 
and this is a missing piece to the greater story of Catholicism in America. That must be a focus of your ministry it in is. the diocese. It is. I, I bring awareness not only to our uh, to our native people, but to uh, to all people in the uh, United States that you know we are the first neophytes of the of the United States. We are the first ones that uh, the the priests, the brown robes or the black robes. Uh, uh, Jesuits, Jesuits yeah. and the uh, and the Franciscans, uh, they were the first ones that came to us, and we were the ones that built their missions. We are the ones that built their churches, uh, and we are the ones that were first baptized centuries before the founding of the United States. What's so interesting is I'm listening to you. It it sounds like what many Native Americans need to do is a, a little more publicity some more public relations. I know you and your work, I mean, and you're the only Native American deacon in the Catholic priest in, in California or in all of America? No, not not in America. There's There are a lot of uh, uh, ordained priests and deacons who serve the Native American community uh, throughout the United States. Right. I am within uh, California, as far as I know, uh, and I've done a lot of research, but I am the only uh, local clergy California-born clergy that's uh, ordained in and serving okay. in, in California. And now, exactly, you're, you're invited to speak so often in other parishes. Do you speak outside of California as well as throughout the state and the dioceses there? Yes, I do. I, I am invited to uh, to uh, speak about the Native American cause. In fact, uh, I was invited by the Knights of Columbus uh, to join in on a uh, on a talk that they sponsored to bring up the Native American uh, issues within the United States. Uh, and there was. Oh, I think there were 16 of us uh, from throughout the uh, country, including uh, uh, Alaska, uh, Florida, uh, throughout the United States, that gathered to to talk to the bishops about what uh, uh, some of the causes, uh, some of the issues that were at hand. At that time, I spoke about uh, the Hunapara uh, Sara uh, because it was a, sure. a, a a big issue, and it still is a big issue. Uh, and I also uh, spoke on the uh, on the on the boarding schools, and also spoke on you know what uh, Native American people. Uh, we are a spiritual people. We uh, and spirituality is different than. Uh, being religious. Uh, spirituality means that we have a connectedness. We see a connectedness to all things. We're connected to the Mother Earth because she provides for us, for the sky, for the uh, for the oceans, for the waters, because they provide the uh, uh, the swimming animals uh, for us, the uh, uh, the birds, the birds of the air, the, uh, the mammals, because they, again, they all, you know, we're all connected. We need each other. So when Junipero Serra came on up uh, to from Mexico to to found uh, the churches or the missions coming on up uh, from Mexico, what happened is he started replacing our spiritual leaders with the with priests, and what that caused was the spiritual leaders were a part of who the people are, uh, and uh, and and they became pretty upset because all of a sudden they were being replaced by the black robes, brown robes, or and, and then all of a sudden they would change them. Well, so trying to suffocate a Native American culture with another culture. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's what they were trying to do. And they, they were trying to uh, uh, show us how to do things that we've been doing for 10,000 years, you know, how to, how to farm the European way, how to, how to do all the different uh, things the European way. But again, we've been here you know, for 10,000 years, and we knew our land, we knew our oceans, we knew how to do all those things, we knew our medicines. Are Catholic bishops doing enough? Because I, most of them, I'm going to guess, in their diocese would not have a large number of Native Americans. If they do have Native, Native Americans, it would be a smaller percentage of a parish, of a diocese. Well, thanks to uh, people like Father Henry Sands, who is a director for the Black and uh, Indian Mission uh, Coalition, he brings awareness to the bishops. He is a he is a, a native himself from uh, from Michigan, and uh, a wonderful man that uh, you know that has really fought for the cause. Him and, and uh, Father Michael Carson, who is also native, uh, and at a national level. He, he is a one, he's the spearhead of, 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 of bringing the information or the awareness to the bishops uh, for the Native American people. What about on the level of the U.S. government? Do we have, we, we do have, but I, I think, but I don't remember the name. There is some kind of an office for Native affairs, right? Uh, the Department of the Interior. Uh, they are the ones that are responsible for the Indian reservations. And it was just recently where a, uh, a Native American, I cannot remember her name at this moment, uh, was assigned to be the director of the uh, Department of the Interior. I work for, not for the Department of the Interior, but I work for Morongo Band of Mission Indians as their land surveyor professionally. And uh, I work hand-in-hand with the the Department of the Interior uh, regarding Indian lands. Now, when you go around and talk, Deacon Andy, is your audience generally, they're being informed for the first time about the history of Native Americans, about their relationship to the faith, about so many issues that they even have, life issues today? Are most people... Do they come to these because they truly want to learn? They don't know anything about Native American ministry? For the most part, yes. Uh, They know that there were Native Americans at one time, and they think that we are extinct, that we no longer exist. And when I come up to them and uh, and I bring bring the awareness, I tell my story, I tell the story of my people, their eyes open and and they just... You know, exactly. Uh, they're really surprised. They really are. And then when I start speaking about other native peoples, or uh, or when I'm touring with other other native peoples, you know, they really, their eyes are, are awakened. They they really are. E W T N helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. Uh, I still have my sanity because of EWTN and listening to your station. Uh, Everybody needs to listen to positive things. If you only listen to the negative things, uh, it just gets very bad. If it weren't for your uplifting and wonderful people that conduct your programs, uh, I don't know if I could still be not crying. (laughs) Are you ready to spread your wings? 
Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with exclusive news, program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. This is a Pro-Life Minute with doctors Stephen and Gracie Christie. Steve, here's a really ugly accusation that's leveled at us all the time. You pro-lifers only care about babies while they're inside the uterus. Once they're born, you don't care for the poor and needy. And what I always say is, what makes you think that pro-life advocates care less for the needy than pro-choicers? Did you know that pro-lifers give a greater percentage of their income and volunteer more of their time to the needy than those who identify as pro-choice? Now, you might believe that progressive social policies are better for the poor than conservative policies, and that's a legitimate debate to have. But it's both arrogant and inaccurate to simply claim that pro-choicers who donate less of their time and less of their money to the poor somehow care more for the poor than do the pro-life community. Adoption rates also refute this falsehood. Pro-lifers are more than twice as likely to adopt as pro-choicers, again proving that pro-life movement is pro-life for all children. So claiming that pro-life advocates don't care about babies after they're born is pure nonsense. Prayer is the only truly creative power in the world. God is the only one who can create something out of nothing. And when we pray, we welcome God into our hearts. And once he's there, he's going to do something. He's going to change things. He's going to transform us. He's going to make something out of the nothing that is me. That's the power of prayer for me. It's the only power that's guaranteed to change my life. And the only way I know to make that happen is through prayer. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Deacon Andrew, Andy Orozco, of the Diocese of San Bernardino in California, a Native American who works in that ministry in the diocese. Well, you know, when we first met, I learned that uh, at La Vittoria, I learned that you had been at World Youth Day. And did you bring any, um, any young people, any young Natives to the World Youth Day? No, I did not. Uh, it has, I've been trying for a long time to, uh, to get the Native youth really involved in the bigger church. They're involved with the, uh, uh, with the local parish, uh, the mission churches. And you have to realize, I, I serve at six mission churches. There's 13 reservations in the Diocese of San Bernardino. Six of them have mission churches. And the largest one serves, uh, seats 60 people. Wow. Where the and the smallest one is is about thirty people, uh, so you know we're we're talking about small you know small communities. There's a lot of kids on them, a lot of youth, but they do not leave want to leave the reservation. You know they Thanks. that is their home. That is they just do not want to want to leave. So little by little, I am I am asking them to trust me so I could take them out sure. and show them the bigger the bigger church. The bigger world uh, with their uh, with their elders and whoever else would like to join in on them. Well, thinking about it, I didn't go to Lisbon, but I've been to a number of World Youth Days. Oh, I went to the one in '93 in Denver, Colorado. That's a whole nother radio show. In any event, uh, just with what you've said so far, it seems that I'm trying to imagine the young people who live on the reservation being overwhelmed by the sheer numbers 
of people, if, if they're not familiar with those numbers, 300,000, half a million people attending events, in addition to which all the cultures that they, they would meet. It would be a very overwhelming experience for a young person, wouldn't it? It is a very well, overwhelming experience. I have taken youth to religious edge Congress in Los Angeles, uh, where there's typically 15,000 uh, youth there, uh, and you know they just cling to a wall. <laughs> they, they just, yeah. they, it is just very overwhelming for them. And, and the same, uh, I took uh, some youth uh, to uh, NCYC in Long Beach this last year, uh, together with my granddaughter, who is, uh, who is 16, Eliana. Got to put a shout out to her, to her Eliana, <laughs> uh, Chanel Beautiful and Aubrey. And Aubrey. Uh, but uh, took Eliana and we at the last moment we were asked to participate in a in a native blessing uh, and I really congratulate Alana and Tiana from Kauia, uh my granddaughter, who stepped up and said yes, they would uh, they would do it and they participated and this and it's completely out of character of who they are they they just wow. they really stepped up and it was it was beautiful and and the kids all those who were pilgriming there from NCYC really enjoyed it, uh, uh, and uh, it was a, a wonderful event. Well, and they would have something new um, as far as reservation life is concerned. They would have something new to tell their children and yeah. grandchildren. So eventually, perhaps, you know, more doors would open. Now, when you arrived in my home this morning, the first day I knew you had gone to the general audience. And um, you said, what a morning, what a catechesis. I can't believe what you're about to tell my listeners was the, the Pope's focus this morning. The Holy Spirit is, is, is really at work. You know, we came here not knowing what the uh, catechesis was going to be like. And when he... he when it's Pope been Francis, on apostolic zeal and persons who live it, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, when uh, Pope Francis... Utter the words, uh, Kateri Tikawitha, Roseanne and I just looked at each other. That had to be so moving. And they, it, it was. Oh. It was very moving. Uh, you know, we. Uh, I, I speak on Kateri Tikawitha. I, I speak on her her deep faith, and I, I I really you know try to bring this awareness to to others and our native community that you know there is a person that really loved uh really loved god really loved jesus really loved her faith and was willing to risk her life for that yes. uh, in a culture that was not accepting of you know the uh, uh of, of what her faith was exactly. uh it, it meant death it, it it did and she had to leave her village uh, because of that but uh, it's a wonderful story she's a uh, uh she died at 24 uh, and it's just uh, uh, a beautiful story. And I, I wish everybody would have the opportunity to really take the time to, to, to find out more about this beautiful saint. Oh, if only the Holy Father had known that in his midst today, there was this deacon from the Diocese of, of San Bernardino, who, by the way, Holy Father, has a Native American history. So he would have loved that. And speaking of the Holy Father, before um, we close... Uh, he's had a great awareness of the issues. I think all of our listeners remember his trip to Canada because of the issues there over the years and um, the terrible things that were happening to Native 
children who were pulled away from their families, from their homes, from their towns, reservations, whatever, and forced to live, literally have a new culture forced on them. So um, you must have been very touched by the fact that the Holy Father made that trip and acknowledged all the sins against the natives. Pope Francis has has acknowledged a lot together with a lot of uh, of the bishops. There's been a lot of apologies, a lot of uh, uh, sincere uh, regrets uh, about what has happened, uh, what had happened in the history of Native Americans. Uh, but all you know, God uses all that is you know all that is uh, difficult in life to bring good in life, uh, and uh, you know I, I I truly believe that, and there's a there's a reason for this, you know, so uh, uh, that is, uh, and that is what I speak on, you know, the, the opportunity that God has for us. Uh, all we need to do is uh, live with our hands open to, to receive the gifts that he, uh, he gives us. Exactly. We all know, I think, from the first day of his papacy that Pope Francis has focused on the peripheries, on the marginalized, on those who suffer because they're not recognized by society. They're different from us. What, in fact, his monthly prayer intention for the month of September is for people living on the margins. So he's trying to bring an awareness to all categories of God's children who, who might be on the margins. So, Dick and Andy, I've so enjoyed our meeting, our meeting the other night, and we haven't spoken as much to... Uh, to Roseanne today, but that'll be for another day. But before we close, uh, any final words you might want to say to to our listeners about what they could do even to learn more about not just you and your ministry, but about Native American Catholics? Well, one, as I said before, enduring faith. Uh, by the Knights of Columbus. Uh, take a look at that uh, that video. It's a it's a it's a wonderful video that tells our our, our story about our 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 faith, our, our us being the first neophytes. Uh, also, the uh, uh, video on uh, Hunapara Sarah, the video sure. on Kateri Tikawitha, uh, and also as I said before, you know we are among you. We are your neighbors. We are your. Uh, uh, we are, we are the first neophytes of this uh, of, of this wonderful country, uh, of the United States, uh, and uh, and and we're going to be here another ten thousand years until God calls us all home. And thank you very much, Joan. This was a wonderful interview, and and it was such a pleasure to 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 meet you and to be here with you face to face. Well, all I can say when I came home the other night after our serendipitous meeting at dinner. I knew God had planned it. So, and it was merely the fact that m- my guest didn't show up because his plane never brought him to Italy. So, in his stead are Roseanne and Andy Orozco. God bless you in your ministry. God bless you in your travels. And as my mom used to sign her emails, God sit on your shoulder. Thank you. Thank you. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.